Fonkose proudly presents our unscripted podcast, Voices of Hope. In this first season, you'll hear from extraordinary individuals whose support and service are making a difference. They may look different from each other and come from very different backgrounds, but the one thing they have in common is their love and respect for Haiti. On tonight's episode, we speak to Don Bowen, geography professor and a longtime supporter of Fonkose. Here is our interview. My name is Dawn Bowen. I am a geography professor at a small university in Virginia, and I teach, among many other things, international development. A fun or interesting fact (laughs) about me, I am the reigning Arctic Jeopardy champion. A number of years ago, I was on a trip to the Arctic, and Alex Trebek happened to be on that same trip. And the organizer said, hey, if we put all this together, would you host? And he said, yes. And I played, and I won. (gasps) There you go. Okay, that's a pretty cool fact, because I'm a huge Jeopardy fan. (laughs) Can you tell us what was your view um, of or your connection to Haiti, if any, before Foncose? I traveled to Haiti in 2002. It was in March. It was a celebration for International Women's Day. And I just saw it as an opportunity to go to a place. You know, I I knew some things about Haiti, but I really saw it as an opportunity to see it for myself and and kind of see what what the reality um was and i went truly fell in love with the country the people and it it has stuck with me it's been 20 years and the people are just so incredibly kind, very welcoming. And that's something that that stuck with me. Um, Again, they may not have much in terms of pure material possessions, but they're incredibly rich with with spirit and just that that basic humanity, I think. Right. Very well said. Mm -hmm. And growing up, was there an emphasis on being charitable or being of service to others? Or is it something you developed on your own? And how did you do that? It was definitely something that that I developed. So my first real experience with charitable giving came back in 1984. I was a sophomore in college and there was one of these ads um, on television where you could sponsor a child. It was Save the Children. And I don't remember, but it was a ridiculously tiny amount of money, you know, $12 or $14 or something like that a month. And I said, you know, sure, I'm a college student. I don't have a lot, but I can afford this. And that was kind of my first commitment, you know, a long-term commitment. And here it is 2022, and I'm still a supporter. 
of Save the Children. And this is a tough one. If you had to describe the world today in three words, what would they be? Hopefully, I don't know if yours will have a positive spin. There's been lots of doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I truly wrote down the first three words that, that came to me. And the first word was violent. So, yeah. Sadly, um, yes. But the second per second word was hopeful. And the third word was conflicted. So we are not in a good spot. I no, really not. I don't know what it's going to take to get us to move forward. Um, but I also am firmly aware that this is how I see the world. But most most people living on this planet don't see the world that way. They don't have the access to what's going on in, in the world. They're just living their lives, you know, doing their best to get through each and every day. Yeah. And, and that I think is far more important. I mean, we are, are fortunate that we have access to news and information 24 seven. But lot. yeah. And I, you know, I am just not that plugged in and it, and it's really been a deliberate choice in the yeah. last, you know, as, especially the last year, I think, you know, I, I, I read the newspaper in the morning and that's where I, that's always been the source of my news. You know, I don't get my news from Facebook or Twitter. No, <laughs> <laughs> highly problematic, um, highly, but like, okay, it, it's a reputable news source. But man, I don't I don't read many of the stories because they are very, very much doom and gloom and yeah. can't really handle that. No. Yeah, they do start to take a toll on you because like you. you said, you kind of you have to make that conscious effort because I was reading news stories before bed mm -hmm. and I noticed that I would just be so like mm -hmm. down and kind of feeling dark about the world. So yeah, I think sticking to just one time a day with your coffee, mm -hmm. know yep. what's going on, but you got to unplug. Yeah, first thing in the morning. And then, you know, I just things, you know, with the with the last few years, um, basically, I am I am unconnected in the evening. You know, I I say that I will continue to to respond to email up until 8 p.m. at night. But really, by 7, 730 I'm done and yeah. I'm just trying to relax in preparation for getting good night's sleep. But yeah. yeah, if, you know, hearing something, hearing bad news or, oh, this has happened or this has happened right before I go to bed. Mm, it's terrible. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's not good for our mental health. No, it's really not. No. And then you kind of have like this little disturbed sleep maybe. And it's, uh -huh. yeah. And on and, and on. the next day, go. right. <laughs> <laughs> so. And what do you hope to accomplish through your philanthropy? I want to meet others on their journey towards whatever their aspirations are. So towards a more meaningful life, a more productive life, a more sustainable life. 
the single gift that that I am truly fortunate to be able to give is a monetary gift. You know, I can provide some financial assistance. And to be sure, I am not going to witness directly the impact of of my gifts, but I'm confident that the organizations that I have chosen to support will provide that helping hand for for others along the way. Right. Everyone's destination is going to be different, but I, again, have full faith in the organizations that, that I choose to support. Yeah. And in that same vein, how did you first hear about Foncoze? Oh, I've given this a lot of thought. <laughs> I don't know. I know that in the early 2000s, I, I learned about microfinance. And as I said, it was 2002 when I first went to Haiti. Was, was it somewhere on that journey? I, I think it may have been that, you know, actually being in the Haitian countryside, I saw a branch of Foncoze or, or, or something like that. Certainly it was something that I looked more fully into. Um, the organization that I'd been most aware of was Axion. Um, and when I learned about Foncoze, I loved the fact that it was a Haitian organization, that it was homegrown right. in the sense that here's an organization that, yeah, is seeking support from, from people all over the world, but here's an organization that understands the problems in Haiti and has developed solutions that work in that particular context. And that... I believe, again, with years and years of experience now, is really what's critical. You know, I can't go in and say, here, here's money. I'm going to help you. Right. But I trust that, you know, the origins of, of Foncoze and, and it has re remained true to its mission, you know, from the very start. Um, and that is something that, again, I put a lot of faith in that here's an organization understanding the, the problems came up with, let, let's see if this works. Right. And it has worked, you know, yeah, it's it has. phenomenally successful. Yeah, it has. <laughs> and so how do you feel about the current situation in Haiti? <sighs> that seems to be getting progressively worse. Progressively worse. Uh, and, and just, been in this really, really negative spiral for, for the last few years now. I don't know. I, I think we, we have this, this deeply rooted inequality within the country yes. that, you know, I personally am not responsible for, but, you know, as a white woman living in the United States, I am part of this system that has, for all intents and purposes, pushed Haiti down, not allowed Haiti to, to be successful. 
I truly believe a pipe dream, but (laughs) if the Haitian people, just ordinary people, if they were able to run the country, that things would be so much better. Yeah. Again, based on, I've been to Haiti three times now and, and every single time I was just impressed with the individual strength yeah. of people and, and their desire for change. You know, yes, they would they would like it at the country level, but right. that hasn't happened. But the effort that they're making within their community, within their family and within the, the larger community that, that they are so deeply tied to. Yeah, I think you, again, very well said again, because that has been the consensus so far on these interviews. When I've interviewed Haitians, they say the same thing, that it has to come from themselves and they want it to come from themselves. Mm -hmm. They no longer want to be seen as resilient, Mm -hmm. determined, determined and hopeful, Mm -hmm. but they don't want to be resilient anymore. Yeah. 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 So because resiliency, (laughs) (laughs) it's some, it's somehow not a compliment. Right. And and, and it's a double-edged sword. I mean, we certainly want to see people being resilient, right. You know, after, centuries now right resilience Uh, okay yeah you you need that to survive at an individual level but man oh man something has to change thank you for listening to voices of hope Foncoze has been empowering families throughout haiti for nearly 30 years with the tools and supportive services needed to break the cycle of poverty To discover more about our impactful work, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Foncoze, or visit our website at foncoze.org.